It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Offense, offense, and a little bit more offense is on the docket today for the Golden Gophers football program. That's what we're talking, that and more on Locked On Golden Gophers. Locked On Golden Gophers, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate video coordinator and recruiting assistant. Happy to be here with you with all the Gopher fans out there. Be sure to follow me at 4KaneRobVideo. That's at the number 4KaneRobVideo on Twitter. Also follow the podcast at LO Golden Gophers. Please check out those accounts. Send us any questions, topics you'd like us to discuss. And you can also send those topics to LockedOnGoldenGophers at gmail.com. We have a mailbag episode every Thursday. Be sure to check the podcast out wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it. Whatever your go-to platform is, you can find us at Locked On Golden Gophers. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. Now let's jump into what we're supposed to be talking about today, and that is the Golden Gophers football program. We're talking all day with offense. Now last week, Dove in on the defense. We talked about all the departures. I want to do that, except for on the opposite side of the ball. So we're going to be talking offense today. And let's do a little recap. So last year, the Golfers were 9-4 and four on the season. Lost two fluky games. Could have been 11-2, and two, but we're not going to fret on that. We're going to talk about what happened. So the Gophers were a good rushing offense. <clears throat> Overall, they had... Excuse me. Overall, they were the 27th in the nation in rush yards per game. They had 199 rush yards per game. They were eighth in the nation in rushing attempts. So they are way up there, top 10 team in running the ball. And then they had were 29th in the nation in total rush yards with 2,575. Now, if you flip it on the passing side of the ball, it was pretty pitiful to say the least. We were 118th in the nation in pass yards per game with only 162 passing yards per game. On top of that, we were 99th in total yards across the nation with 361 yards per game. Now, in that passing territory, we were there were only 3 teams in the entire nation that passed the ball less than the University of Minnesota. And those three teams were the armed forces teams, Army, Navy, and Air Force, who have been known for decades and decades to run the ball. In fact, when you see the Army-Navy game, you're literally counting how many passing attempts there are in the entire game, typically on one hand, maybe, just maybe, two hands. 
the Gophers were only in front of those Armed Forces teams with passing attempts. So that should tell you how much the Gophers stunk at passing the ball. Maybe not even how much they stunk at passing the ball, but they just didn't do it. And that begs the question, why? It's not like we don't have the talent on the offensive side of ball. We have wide receivers like Dalen Wright, Chris Ottman-Bell, and we're going to dive into that. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm getting ahead of myself. But we were tied for 13th fewest interceptions in the nation. Now, that's likely due to the low pass attempts, but that's kind of a recap of what we looked like offensively this past season. Now, first things first, Kirk Soraka. I've been saying it wrong this whole time. I know I've I've watched him before, but I, you just you just see a name and you your brain tells you to pronounce it one way, and if it's not right, your brain still sometimes tells you. So just say it that way. So it's Kirk Soraka, and he stated, "We need to improve the passing game. We know that the coaches know that the players know that the fans know that." We need to pass the ball more. He said that in the latest spring conference, which was this past Saturday, that was open to the public and to media. So he's well aware that we need to pass the ball more. In fact, when Soraka was here with us in 2019, we had the most passing yards in school history. And we were 43rd in the nation in pass yards per game. Now, that's not saying we were a top 10, 15, 20 in passing, but 43rd in pass yards per game is much better than 118th in pass yards per game. So bringing more of a balance, you can expect that balance and you can expect a change in a positive direction with Kirk Soraka back at the helm of the offense serving as the offensive coordinator, as he did in 2019. Now, let's talk key departures from the offensive side of ball. Um, There were some transfers that did leave that some played significant roles, but nothing was too great on the transfer front. We lost Kai Thomas. He was a good running back for us this past year, especially when we came down with injuries. Mo Ibrahim and Trayson Potts both going down opened up the opportunity for Kai Thomas to take over, and he did a fantastic job in that brief starting role. Um, we also had Brady Boyd, who transferred. He's a wide receiver. Didn't see a whole lot of opportunity with the Gophers, but did have about 120 or so snaps last season. He's transferred to Texas Tech. He was a wide receiver. Backup quarterback Zach Anikstead has transferred to Illinois State. Uh, So we'll have a new backup quarterback. We knew that, and that's something we're going to keep an eye on as we head to the spring game, as we've discussed on previous podcast episodes. Then you had Cam Wiley, who was also a rotational running back piece. He didn't get too much looks even with all the injuries that happened. He didn't get a whole lot of opportunity last year. He transferred to Akron. And then you have Austin Henderson, who was a tight end, transferred to Liberty. And then Curtis Dunlap, a guard, four-star, previous four-star prospect from IMG Academy, transferred to Rutgers since he was not seeing the opportunity he wanted to see here with the Gophers. So those are the departures on the transfer side, including the most recent, which was breaking 
Bucky Irving entered the transfer portal and Doug Emilian also entered the transfer portal. Both those guys have not found homes yet. We wish them all, including the ones we already named that have found their homes, wish them all the best of luck in their careers. That being said, our focus is no longer with them. Now, with Bucky and Doug, if they decide to pull their name from the transfer portal and join the team once more, we're all in. We're all on board. But I don't foresee that happening, so we're moving on. Best of luck, and we'll see you when we see you. If we have to play you, we hope you lose. Sorry, that's just the way it is. But let's talk about the Gophers on the offensive side of the ball that are leaving either due to draft or graduation. Now you got Blaze Andrews, great pro or great NFL draft prospect, great guard for us. He's very versatile. He played guard on both sides, played some tackle snaps as well. We're going to miss him a lot. He had 758 snaps this past season key player on the offensive line. Then you got Daniel Fa'alele, also entered in the draft, right tackle for the past three seasons, 771 snaps this past season, likely to be a, a day two pick, a day two pick in the NFL draft. Massive human. We wish him nothing but the best. I think Blaze Andrews might sneak into that day two as well. And Blaze Andrews, we're going to talk about him and his prospect pro- profile this Friday, so be sure to tune in for that. Now, outside of those two, we got Co'Keefe, tight end. He played 539 snaps, is also trying to be drafted this upcoming season. And then you got Sam Schluter and Connor Olson, two offensive line pieces that have graduated, no longer eligible, both played 817 snaps, key pieces on the offensive line. So as you see, there's a lot of offensive line leaving us. You already knew that, but we're just recapping it for those who are getting caught up. So before we dive in on who the key arrivals are and touching on our commitments for this upcoming class of 2022 and how they could plug into the Gophers offense, we're going to take a word from our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for stats and sports information. If you're looking to get the latest updates and trends on the NBA playoff games, on the MLB season games that are starting, and when NHL moves to playoffs, those numbers will be up there as well. In fact, if you're interested in looking at what are the odds for those who are getting drafted, the number one pick, which cornerback will go first? Which offensive lineman will go in the draft first? You can find all of those numbers over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs to the draft to esports and more. Head over to the website today or check it out on your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet Online where the game starts. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And we're back with the Locked On Golden Gophers. Thanks for making Locked On Golden Gophers your first listen every day. Now for a big announcement. Starting Thursday, April 28th, tune in to the Locked On NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our executive, extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Audacity and Locked On NFL's Mock Draft special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show all week leading up to the first pick. Now, where you can find this is at Locked On NFL Draft Live, Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page, or you can find it at Audacity NFL Mock Draft. Now, when we're looking at Lockdown NFL Draft Live, April 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern, April 29th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, and then April 30th at 11 a, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. So be sure to check that out. Again, the draft is going to be a great and fun experience. And on top of that, you can be watching for your Minnesota Gophers that will get drafted, including Boye Mafe, Daniel Falele, Blaze Andrews, and hopefully more. But let's jump back into what we were discussing, which was the offense. Now, I want to talk to you about key arrivals, and then we're going to dive into the commits from our 2022 class. Now, first, the key arrival we have to bring up is Kirk Soraka. We've already touched on him a little bit, but he's going to bring a lot of balance back into this passing game, into the offense as a whole. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to run the ball because we are. We're going to be a heavy running team. We'll probably be a run first team. But incorporating the pass offense opens up more opportunity for the run game. So look for the balance. He's already discussed that, but Kirk Soraka is going to be a huge influence as hopefully as successful as we saw him in 2019 where our Golden Gophers broke school records and were on the verge of a Big Ten championship, college football playoffs. They were right there. They were in the thick of it. So hopefully we can get right back to that sort of tipping off point with Kirk Soraka back in flow. Now, other key arrivals, we've brought in three transfers we brought in Chuck Filiaga from Michigan. He is an offensive lineman, mainly plays the guard position, has started in multiple games for Michigan, played in the Big Ten Championship against Iowa this past season. It's going to be great veteran presence for our young offensive linemen and to fill the holes that our four graduating offensive linemen are leaving behind. So Chuck Filiaga 
big get for us. Another big get on the offensive line is Quinn Carroll, who can play both guard and tackle. He is from Notre Dame. That is where he's transferring from. He still has two years of eligibility left, so we should get two good years out of Quinn Carroll. And he is a Minnesota native, so we love to have him back. I believe he played at Edina last we saw him. So welcome back to the team, and we look forward to the con contributions that you both make. And then we have Frankie Bierman, who is a tight end from Iowa Western Community College, transferred in. And he was primarily a blocking tight end, so he will probably be used in a lot of jumbo packages that we frequent every so often. Now, looking at the commits for the offensive side of ball for the 2022 class, there isn't a lot of guys on this list that I think are going to contribute immediately. That being said, the first name on the list we've already discussed at length in previous episodes, he's one that could contribute right away, and that is Zach Evans. Zach Evans is a running back, three-star, uh, and most recruiting sites, some have him as a four-star, so the talent is right up there. And with Bucky Irving entering the transfer portal, it likely opens up a spot, especially during the spring camp. In the spring camp, in the spring game, he will likely be the number one back on the depth chart. I will be shocked if he is not the number one back on the depth chart for this spring game because Mo Ibrahim is still hurt. Trayson Potts is still recovering. Bryce Williams is still recovering. And the depth outside of Zach Evans is very minute. In fact, most of those backs, I don't think a single back in the room Beside, outside of those injured guys, has more than 10 attempts in any of their career years with the Golden Gophers. So Zach Evans is getting a lot of quality reps, and I've been reading, seeing, hearing that he's been impressing. And I think it could be a large reason to why Bucky entered his name into the transfer portal, because Zach Evans could be the real deal. Now, outside of him, we got Ike White. He's a four-star recruit, according to ESPN, number 73 wide receiver in this year's class. Now, I don't think he will be expected to contribute much in year one, but a great get. He's an early enrollee, so he's learning with the spring program right now, which is always a benefit and helps those young guys get a jump start on the next level. Now, we also have Cade McConnell, an inside offensive lineman. Again, I don't think he'll be contributing much in year one, but a great guy to have as a depth piece and learning and growing within the program, which the Gophers have been great at. They've been great at growing depth, especially on the interior or on the offensive line in general, and also in the defensive back positions. We've been great at developing young guys and then bringing them up through the program. So I anticipate Cade McConnell will likely be of that same ilk. Another early enrollee is Spencer Alvarez. Now he was a tackle in recruiting rankings, but he's listed as a tight end for the Gophers spring roster. So he's an interesting prospect. I don't know if they'll use him more in the blocking style when it comes to tight end, or if he can catch the ball, something to keep an eye out for. But Again, someone who's not likely to play early. Um, I think that all of these guys being early enrollees definitely helps them get a jump start and a foot in the door as to getting time earlier. But again, probably not this year. It just lets them 
warm up to the knowledge, the game speed, the difference that it takes going from high school to D1 FBS football. Now, not on campus yet, we have Jacob Newth, who's a quarterback, and Kristen Hoskins, who's a wide receiver. Both guys, again, great depth, great guys that we can start to bring up within the uh, program itself. But again, uh, most of these offensive pieces are not going to contribute in year one. Jacob Newth, athletic quarterback, great on his feet. Reminds me more of the Seth Green role, uh, something that we've been seeing Cole Kramer play as well. I think that's something we will likely see with Jacob Newth. But uh, great prospect, number one quarterback out of South Dakota. It'll be a fun guy to watch, especially as he develops in the fall camp when he joins the team. Outside of those two, the final three recruits that we have None of them are nationally ranked, but they're all great depth pieces, and that's Ashton Beers, who's an inside offensive lineman, Tony Nelson, who's a tackle, and then Nathan Jones, who's a tight end. So like I said, most of those commits, we're not going to see a lot of time or contributions early on. Now, where will we start to fill these holes? You know, we're going to jump into who we think will start at each one of these positions next. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate. Save money and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right. So thank you again for listening to the Lockdown Golden Gophers podcast. Please check us out on Twitter at LO Golden Gophers and send us any topics, questions, you name it, that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. We're trying to build the Gopher community up here, trying to give you a podcast you can check out each and every day, whether that be on typical streaming platforms or YouTube, which we just got kicked off on, getting into the swing of things. You can check out this ugly mug, you know, decent mug. I don't know what to tell you. You can come check me out and get a face to the name and the voice that you're hearing on our YouTube channel. Be sure to check that out. Like and subscribe. You can post comments there. But don't be rude, folks. Don't be rude. We're a positive community here at the Golden Gophers. The only time that we get negative is when we're talking about the Wisconsin Badgers. And we're not doing that right now. So no need for negativity. Now, let's jump into who we think will be starting and filling these holes. I think the First one that is easy to talk about is the quarterback position. Tanner Morgan will be starting. No ifs, ands, or buts. The only way he does not start next season 
would be injury. And hopefully he's not injured because he can be a great piece when healthy and in the right mindset. And he did great things with Kirk Soraka in 2019. Let's hope he can shake off the rust, shake off the dust, and get back to those ways again in 2022. I think it's possible. But regardless, we need him to do well to have a successful season. So Tanner Moore going to be starting. The real question comes in on who will be the number two, the backup quarterback in this next season. And that's something to really pay attention to in the spring game is who is playing opposite of him. Who is playing the quarterback opposite of Morgan? Will it be Kramer, Cole Kramer, or will it be Ethan Kayak-Manis? My bet is on Ethan Kayak-Manis. We've talked about him on previous episodes, so be sure to tune into those if you really want a more in-depth look at why Ethan Kayak-Manis could really be special and I believe is the quarterback of our future. Now, the running back position, we have Mo Ibrahim and Trace and Potts. Those two are going to be getting a vast majority of the touches, if you ask me, especially when they're fully healthy again and at full workload this fall. Now, Bryce Williams is also coming back from injury. He could also see some rotational touches. And again, we mentioned Zach Evans. Here's the thing. I think Zach Evans could get some very valuable work this year to prove that he can handle it and take on the main role next year. But I could also see the Gophers possibly trying to avoid using Evans at all this year so they don't have to burn a year of his eligibility unless they're in dire need due to injury. Otherwise, they might not feature him and allow him to be the main guy next year with Trace and Potts likely spelling him in situations where he needs a breather or if anything were to happen. So I anticipate Zach Evans will be the lead of this running back room in 2023 or splitting 60-40 with Trace and Potts. But in 2022... Mo Ibrahim is going to take the vast majority of carries with Trace and Potts likely behind him. Now, looking at the wide receiver room, we have Dalen Wright and Chris Ottman-Bell. Those are going to be your starters on the outside. Both are extremely gifted, extremely talented wide receivers that both P.J. Fleck, Kirk Soraka have both mentioned need to be involved more. They are too talented not to be giving them looks. Chris Ottman-Bell... Uh, PJ Fleck mentioned how he had one of the best camps prior to last season before he got hurt. And that really slowed him down. That injury really put him off and took away from the potential that PJ Fleck really thought he could have shown last year. So if he comes back fully healthy, which it seems like he is, he's been participating in all parts of camp, all parts of spring ball. So we look forward to it, and I think the potential is there. I think he's a guy that could be a later NFL draft pick if he has a great season. And P.J. Fleck wants to give those guys that opportunity. So Dalen Wright, Chris Bell, slot him in. They're going to be important pieces for us. The third receiver, I believe, is Daniel Jackson, who is going to play a valuable role, and that third receiver role is key. Because when Kirk Soraka was last here, the top three receivers received 82% of the passing production 
in 2019. I think Daniel Jackson slots into that role and will likely fill into Chris Ottman Bell's vacant role next season. So they're going to get him some looks now. <clears throat> the fourth receiver is likely Michael Brown Stevens. And he's going to contribute. He's going to be a valuable piece, but I don't anticipate he will get a lot of receptions or reps or targets even. But he'll get time and he'll get snaps and they will be valuable. So someone to keep on your radar. Outside of that, there's a lot of young guys on the roster. I don't imagine they will contribute. Um, Michael is probably going to be the last one that really gets reps and opportunity. And I think that the difference from 2019 to this season is going to be the tight end position and the involvement of Brevin Spanford. Kirk Soraka even brought up Brevin Spanford in his last conference, really brought him up a couple times about how he really enjoys the presence that he brings. And that's not even just on the field, but also off the field in his leadership as well. So that's something that is invaluable to have on that roster. And we've already talked about how he's a matchup nightmare, especially when you're in the red zone. They're going to incorporate him. The play action might be a great use to incorporate him because we're such a run-heavy team, but we're going to find a way. And I am willing to put my, I don't know, status, my judgment on the line here that Brevin Spanford will be in the NFL. It's just a matter of can we help him evaluate, at, elevate that status with a rock solid season this year. And I think we can, I think this is going to be a heavily competitive team and he is going to serve a larger role, especially because he has been working on his productiveness in the run game and how he can run block, run block, which keeps him on the field more, which opens him up for more opportunities. So Brevin will be a starting tight end and another player on the tight end that will likely see some output will be Jameson gears. All right, and lastly, we are going to be talking about the offensive line and how that will shape up. Now, I believe we can lock in Ariante Urzuri at the left tackle position. P.J. Fleck has been constantly referring to him as the left tackle in a few of his press conference interviews, along with the fact that P.J. Fleck has flat out stated that he believes Ariante Urzuri might be the most talented offensive line he offensive line that he's worked with in his time at the program might be the most talented that they've had at the program in his time that's huge praise for the young i believe he's a sophomore and we look forward to seeing what's to come from him along with the fact that daniel falele literally at his pro day mentioned the fact that this kid is a grinder. He works hard, and Daniel Falele can't wait to see what he does in the upcoming season. So that's exciting. I'm going to pencil him in at the starting left tackle position, moving to left guard. I think we could have some versatility here. I think Quinn Carroll, transfer from Notre Dame, is going to be coming in. He's probably going to be in that starting rotation. I'm just not sure how it's going to play out between him playing either left guard, right guard, or right tackle. He's got the versatility. He's got the flexibility. I think he'll slot in at one of those spots. Currently, I have him at either left guard or right tackle, depending on how the spring ball and fall camp shakes out. Now, 
If Quinn Carroll isn't in there, I have Axel Rushmeyer penciled in. He had spot starts last year. He saw a lot of action in the jumbo package. He has experience and he's filled in for us. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get time early in the season if Quinn Carroll is getting warmed up still to the offensive system. Carroll couldn't join the Gophers for spring ball, so he will be joining for his first bit of live action, live reps, live practice in the fall camp. So he could be a slower add to the lineup itself, in which case Axel Rushmeyer, I would imagine, would take one of those guard positions. At the center, we're going to go real brief on this one. It's John Michael Schmitz. He's our all our all Big Ten returning center. He's played the last few seasons as our center, and there's no reason why he wouldn't be starting for us at center in his sixth year, final year of eligibility. So we'll be happy to have him back. Then we're moving over to the right guard. I believe this is going to be filled by Michigan transfer Chuck Filiaga. He's got experience, as we've said. He's played in the Big Ten National Championship. He has that veteran presence. He knows what it takes to play in the games that matter and the games that we want to be in. So I have little doubt that he will for sure be taking one of the two guard spots. At the moment, I have him penciled in at the right guard, but he could play either guard position, but he will be starting. I bet that without a doubt, he'll be starting. And then if you look at the right tackle position, I've got three different guys scratched in here. One is Quinn Carroll. As we mentioned, he has the flexibility to be out here on the outside. That being said, I wouldn't be surprised if we wanted to fill Carroll in on that inner guard spot if Rushmeyer doesn't have that upside that we need from the O-line position. Now, if that's the case and we're shooting for filling one of our younger guys in there that has more room to grow and improve over the next few years, then I think that that position could be a battle between J.J. Gaudet, who is likely to come out of it, come out of spring ball with that position in hand, I think. I think that playing in a few games here and there over the past few seasons, he has that experience, so it could help him maintain that role early on. But don't be surprised. If you see Cameron James, four-star recruit, pushing for time in this offensive line in the rotation. P.J. Fleck has mentioned him a number of times in his interviews. He's a four-star prospect. He's had one year in the program now. He's lengthy, he's long, and he's big. And if you're talking about wanting to develop guys like we did with Fa'alele, like we did with Blaze Andrews, if you want to get those young guys quality time and build something up with them as well. I would not be surprised to see Cameron James fight for that right tackle position. And if he doesn't win it, he'll at least get rotated in and get some opportunities to play in a lot of these important games, get key reps so he can take over next season. Now, outside of those guys, so we've said Ariante Erzuri, then we'll have either Carol or Rushmeyer, John Michael Schmitz at the center, other side, we'll have Chuck Filiaga, and then some combination of Quinn Carroll, J.J. Gaudet, or possibly Cam, Cameron James. Now, outside of those guys and the 
potential to start. I think there still will be a handful of guys that get rotated in. It's great to have the depth and the main ones in those positions will likely be the older veteran players like Nathan Bow, Carter Shaw, and Martez Lewis. But overall, we are in a good spot at the offensive line. And I look forward to seeing what these guys can do. They've had a lot of spot starts, a lot of experience across the board, but not longevity from singular players. So it'll be awesome to see who steps up. Ariante Erzuri is probably going to be a key piece for us for years to come. I wouldn't be surprised if we get Cameron James starting to get in a similar vein as Ariante Erzuri. And then you got the transfers, Quinn Carroll, Chuck Filiaga. They're going to play. PJ Flex said he's not going after guys in the portal unless they're going to likely play and push and fight for starting positions. So expect those guys to be in there. John Michael Schmidt's obviously going to start. I think our offensive line is going to be in a healthy, good spot. I'm not too worried, even though we lost four starters. And that's going to wrap up the offense. That's going to do it for us. I think this offense could be high-powered. It could look similar to 2019. It might not look identical. There might be more rushing production than what we saw in 2019, which was still good in 2019. But I think we see still more run production. Maybe, I mean, we're going to see more pass production, but maybe more involvement in the tight ends, not as much on the top three receivers. Maybe it's just the top two receivers in the tight end. That will be something to really look forward to, look into, especially in the spring game and as we move throughout the fall camp. And that's going to do it for us here on the Lockdown Golden Gophers podcast. My name's Kane Robb. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to follow the podcast wherever you stream. Um, follow the Lockdown Golden Gophers Twitter, which is at LO Golden Gophers. And be sure to send any questions or topics or anything of the sort our way. And you can send those on Twitter or you can send them at our email locked on golden gophers at gmail.com the mailbag episode is going to be this thursday so be sure to send those our way and tomorrow tomorrow which is wednesday we are going to be doing another episode with guess that gopher so it's going to be a good one it's going to be a fun one we're going to talk about how the nil um, may need to be more incorporated with the golden gopher athletic program programs moving forward and then we're also going to talk about basketball we're going to catch up with golden gophers basketball where we're at with the transfers that coming up on wednesday i'll see you then take it easy this is came up signing out sayonara This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.